Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. So thankful for His goodness. It's uh, wonderful to worship Him, isn't it? And to uh, sing of His praises. Um, got a very special thing that we're going to do uh, this morning uh, that I'm, I'm so very excited about uh, and glad that you can all be a part of it. Um, Miss Margaret, as you know, has, has uh, celebrated her 90th birthday, uh, and uh, so today we just wanted to honor her uh, and, and bless her because uh, she has been such a gift and blessing uh, to the church. And Joy wanted to uh, to say something, and then and then I would like to say something, and then uh, and then we'll and then we will pray. Amen. So everybody who knows Miss Margaret knows that she has joy and fullness of just life. She loves life, and I've told her over the past just forever, but really over the past couple of weeks as we celebrated her 90th birthday. Miss Margaret, I want to be just like you when I grow up. <laughs> She's been such an example of just faithfulness. She's been an example of just consistency. Like when, I, when you think about the faithfulness of God, like she has a revelation of that. She knows that God is faithful and she knows that that faithfulness is a part of her character. So we appreciate you for your faithfulness, um, your prayers. We know that you you pray for all of us. You pray for us. You pray for people in the church. You pray for your children. You pray for your grandchildren. You pray for your great-grandchildren. And we know that those prayers are going to last generation to generation. Your prayers are going to be answered for hundreds of thousands of years to come because you are, have been faithful as a prayer warrior and faithful as a servant in his kingdom and a faithful as a servant in this house. And uh, so we wanted to honor you today and bless you today. And uh, we love you so much and we are so thankful for you and your 90 years that you have get, lived and given to the Lord. And and we're declaring many more years for you to live and, and declare the goodness of the Lord. So, Amen. Um, I just want to say that we'll, we'll bring Miss Margaret up. Is that okay if you come up here in, in just a moment? Just a moment. She doesn't uh, want to uh, sit down, though. She wants yeah, to stand and, up. <laughs> and, and we'll just bless you and, and pray for you. Um, but... Uh, but you know, as Joyce said, I'm we're so thankful. I'm so thankful for you, Miss Margaret, and uh, and have been such a blessing uh, in my life. And I'm so grateful for all of your prayers. Uh, she said to me a couple Sundays ago um, that I really preached good, and uh, that was that was so encouraging. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, and I and I said, well, you must be praying for me. She said, always, always praying for me. And uh, so that was that's a tremendous blessing, isn't it? But I, I want to uh, echo what Joy said, that, 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 uh, that this woman of God, this saint's prayers and service and faithfulness are, are one of the reasons that this church is here and that God is doing all the things that he is doing and that is going to continue uh, to do is because of this woman of God uh, right, right here. And, and we... we need women and men of God like this in the church today who will, who will just faithfully serve the Lord. There is just power in that to advance the kingdom of God. Uh, so I, th I think, and, and Miss Margaret can say amen to this or not, but I, but I think probably the greatest blessing that we could, that we could give her and, and the way that we could honor her the most is to follow her example and walk in her footsteps 
and all the days of our lives faithfully uh, serve the Lord. Uh, so, uh, so uh, is, is that true? Yes, amen. <laughs> yes, amen. Uh, so, uh, so we honor you, and we bless you, and uh, we're so thankful uh, for, for you, Miss Margaret. And uh, we would like for you to come, and, and any of the family that, that would, and stand, stand with Miss Margaret, all the family that, that would like to, to come and stand. <laughs> I just wanted to, uh, just a couple of scriptures just uh, stir within me. Uh, one is, one is, uh, is Genesis 12. Um, where the Lord speaks to Abraham uh, and, uh, and gives him the promise uh, that, he will, that he will have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And, 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 then, he, and then he says, and, and you will be blessed, and whoever blesses you uh, will, will be blessed. Uh, and uh, so, so I thought this morning, it was a little selfish, that, that, uh, that we would bless you, and in return we would be blessed. <laughs> Because, because of that. <laughs> uh, um, but I also, and, and I know that you know this, wanted to just encourage you uh, to bless because cause there's power when you do, when you bless us. And, and, uh, and so I, uh, number six is the, you know, the blessing of the priests. And um, let me read this. It said, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Uh, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Uh, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Uh, so, uh, so then the, another blessing that, that I wanted to just uh, share is, is in Exodus 20 um, where, the, where we have the Ten Commandments and the Lord says that that, that for the righteous, uh, there will be a blessing that is generational, that will go to a, to a thousand uh, generations. And we just proclaim this over you, Miss Margaret, that, that your faithfulness and your love for the Lord will be passed on uh, to generations, for thousands of generations, and that your children uh, will, will, will faithfully serve the Lord, and your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, and your great-great-grandchildren. I'm sure that's the, the greatest blessing Yes, yes, amen, amen, amen. So let's, let's reach out your hands, if you will. Anyone else who would like to come is certainly welcome. And uh, let's pray over Miss Margaret and, and bless her. Uh, Lord, we're so incredibly grateful for this, your precious saint. Uh, I just think of, of Psalm 16, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight and and we know how you delight uh, in Miss Margaret and, and how you have become her salvation and you are her passion and her uh, delight, Lord. And, and we just right now, just with our hands laid on her and hands stretched out to her, you know, we just say uh, to Miss Margaret and over her, uh, as, as priests of God, the Lord bless you yes. and keep you. Yes. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yes. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And the Lord give you as you delight in him and have delighted in him all the desires of your heart. And may the blessing that is upon your life be passed down to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-great. And as long as the Lord (laughs) shall tarry, let the blessing continue upon them. Let your name, Lord, be upon them and your blessing upon them. And let them, as Miss Margaret has faithfully serve you and delight in you and exalt you and glorify your mighty name. We bless you, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you so, Miss Margaret, and just pray your, uh, your strength and your encouragement and your joy, your life and your blessing uh, and your victory to her in every way, we pray in Jesus' uh, mighty name. Lord, and as we in 10 years gather to celebrate her 100th birthday. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'd give us wisdom and creativity on how to honor her and bless her then. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, oh Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have, a, we have a gift for you, uh, Miss Margaret, that we'd like to, 
bless you with. Um, Joy's going to share it. So the leadership of the church wanted to bless you for your faithfulness and just all that you mean to us. So we have um, put together (laughs) an all-expense-paid trip to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum for you and a couple of guests to go with you. (laughs) Well... (laughs) So we... We love you, too. We love you, too. So, so girls, y'all get ready. Ta- schedule some time and take your mama to the ark. Yes. <laughs> we love you so much. Love you, Miss Margaret. Let's give her a hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful day, huh? A wonderful time already in the presence of the Lord. Let's um, uh, take a few moments and, and look into the Scriptures. I want to continue uh, on our discussion being Spirit-led and... Um, what I'd, what I'd like to do this morning is to, is to answer the question uh, of, of how, do we, how do we know that the Spirit's leading and that it's not my own heart or, or the deceiving voice of the enemy? You know, how, do I, how do I know that this is God directing? Uh, I've had this question, you know, we've just come off two camps Emerge and, and Kids Quest, and, and in both camps, uh, we've had time of Q&A, and uh, it's really a fun time where, where me and Pastor Al just sit there and allow the kids to just ask questions uh, from the floor, and, and in those times, one of the, one of the questions that is a, has arised at both camps uh, is, uh, is, you know, how do, I, how do I know that this is the Lord speaking and not some other voice? How do I know it's not me? How do I know it's not... You know the enemy uh, leading, uh, and then there's been uh, some some private conversations where I've had you know individuals come and uh, and ask that uh, question, and you know there's been times in my life where I've uh, wondered that uh, as well, and it, it is a really important uh, question uh, because we want to be led by the Spirit, uh, and the Spirit's going to lead us in the will of God uh, and uh, and in the abundant life of Christ. Um, so, so there's one way you can determine uh, right there. Um, and, but, but we recognize, right, that there are other voices out there trying to influence and, and trying to lead. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's the voice of our own uh, heart and our own selfish desires that we recognize uh, can, can lead. Um, you know, and... and uh, and, and we don't want to be led by our deceptive heart because it leads us astray. And, and I say deceptive heart because that's how the heart is described uh, in Jeremiah 17, uh, 9, uh, that the heart is deceptive above all else and, and beyond hope. Uh, but uh, we know that in Christ, our hearts are changed and transformed. And, and, if you're, and if your heart is being led by Jesus and is full of the Holy Spirit, then by all means... Uh, follow your heart, but then really what you're doing uh, is following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and we certainly don't want to be, be led by our enemy, but we know that he tries to, right? That, he, that he's trying to deceive us so that he can lead us astray, and his purpose is death and destruction, and he is deceptive and comes as an angel of light and tries to show up as good and this is going to be good for us so it can be difficult to determine you know the leading of the spirit from from the from these other voices and then there's also you know the voice of culture 
And we certainly don't want to be led by that unless it lines up with the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is a rare thing uh, for sure. Uh, and, and then there's the, there's the powerful influence of other people uh, in our lives. And, and, and we, we need to be able to, because God speaks through others, but also the enemy can work through others as well. So we need to be able to determine when someone else is speaking, you know, is this, is this the spirit leading or is this something else? So, so you see the dilemma uh, and, and the conflict there. And, and we probably have all kind of struggled and wrestled uh, with this question. Uh, and, uh, and, and in wrestling with the question, I think, leads us to uh, some beautiful, uh, needed, uh, powerful uh, truth uh, that just gives us really the help that we need to be led by the Spirit and not led astray by the deceptiveness of my heart or, or my enemy or the culture or whatever other voice would try to get my attention. And, and we can look through Scripture. We know that we know that there's going to be, you know, doctrines uh, and, and, and things taught by demons, deceptive teachings and, and false prophets that have come, at wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, you know, it's an important picture, right? They're wolves, but they're in sheep's clothing. So it covers, it, it, it reminds us of the deception uh, that is there. Um, so, uh, so, so to answer this, I'd like to to go back to Acts chapter 10. Uh, I say back because that's where we began uh, talking about being spirit-led. Uh, uh, because in the, in the book of Acts, we find a church uh, that is led by the Holy Spirit and doesn't really seem uh, to be confused about the voices. Uh, they're, just, they're just in tune with the Spirit and know when the Holy Spirit is speaking. So, so in Acts chapter 10, you know, a lot has taken place at this point in time. Stephen has been martyred. Persecution has come to the church. Saul has had his Damascus Road encounter, has changed and transformed. His life is not is not trying now to stamp out the church, but is passionately proclaiming the gospel of Jesus' name uh, and, and building the church. Uh, and, uh, and in Acts 10, uh, the story kind of shifts back on to Peter. Uh, and uh, and we, see, we find Peter uh, at, at, a, at a man named Simon's house uh, living by the, by the sea uh, in, in Joppa. Uh, and and we also find uh, Cornelius... Uh, in Caesarea, who is a centurion, uh, who, is, who is a Gentile, um, who has been praying and giving, and the Lord shows up, uh, sends an angel to speak to him and tells him uh, that he's heard his prayers and seen his gifts and that, he, that he's to go to Joppa, and there he'll find a man named Peter who is staying at Simon's house by the sea and that he's to get him to come. And so, uh, so that's how Acts 10 begins. And, uh, and so they head on their journey to meet with Peter, and then we find Peter uh, in verse 9, Acts chapter 10, uh, verse, verse 9. So we'll start right there. Uh, as, as, so now the Lord is moving uh, uh, in the house of Cornelius, and now he's going to prepare Peter for what is about to take place. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, this is, this is those who are coming to get uh, Peter. Peter went up on the roof to pray. Uh, kind of this, you know, thing that we could easily read over, but we need not to. Uh, that uh, that uh, that Peter's taking time out of his day to go to a quiet, solitary place and be with the Lord. He, he's 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 slipping away to go be with Jesus. He went up on the roof to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, see here's a voice coming into Peter's life telling him something to do. The voice told him, get up Peter, kill and eat. Now Peter replies, verse 14, surely not, Lord. Why does he, why does he reply uh, this way? He replies this way because this, this, uh, this sheet is, is full of all kinds of animals uh, who, are, who are 
not clean, who are unclean animals, uh, who the law says that we're not allowed to eat, and Peter, being a good uh, law-abiding Jew, has never done this and, and would never do this, kill and eat. And, and so, so we can see why he would say, uh, surely not. But the other thing that's interesting to pick up here is that he, is that he says, surely not, Lord. So Peter is, is not confused about who is speaking. He's not, he's not wrestling with, is this God or me or the enemy? That, that's, not his, that's not his opposition. That's not his argument. He's, he's not like, who are you, Lord? It's surely not, Lord. Peter, it's interesting, isn't it, that he quickly recognizes that this is the Lord speaking. This is the Spirit leading that God has showed up and is moving, and his problem is not with who's speaking, his problem is, what is, is with what God is saying, which a lot of times is the conflict. It's not, that, it's not that we don't know that it's God speaking, it's that we don't like what he's saying. And see here, Peter clearly recognizes this is the Lord, but I don't like what you're saying. It doesn't line up with what Peter has always embraced, with what Peter has always known, with how Peter has always lived, with what he has always believed, but he does know that it is God who is speaking. He says, surely not, Lord, very easily recognizing that this is the Lord, uh, which, which, which really helps us because now we can see that Peter, even though even though God is moving in a way that he doesn't want God to move, and speaking in a way that he didn't expect God to speak, he does recognize that this is the Lord. So, so now we can take a look at Peter's life and say, why? Why does he clearly recognize that this isn't himself, that, that, that this isn't the enemy, that this is the Lord uh, speaking, and what can we learn from Peter that we can apply to our own lives so that when the Lord shows up, and when the Holy Spirit leads and speaks, we can, we can quickly recognize this is the Lord and not myself or not the enemy. And, and by the way, for me, a lot of times when the Holy Spirit leads, it, it, it is against what is comfortable to me and what I want to hear and, and what I want to do. You know, like when the Holy Spirit's leading to go witness to somebody how many of you have you had that experience? Or pray for somebody. For some reason, I, I want to say, Ah, Lord, that's so uncomfortable. Are you sure? But, but the argument nowadays isn't, is, is this God? I know it is. The argument nowadays is, man, I really don't want to do that. Which just you know, reveals you know, my struggle with my, my weak flesh, sinful nature. He says, surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I've, I've never eaten anything un, impure or unclean. And God says this. Uh, then the voice spoke to him a second time and said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So, so we get the picture that, that three times this goes, that we go through this where God says, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, Lord, no, surely not. And God says, and God says, yes. And he says, but it's unclean. And God says, don't call anything. So, you know, Peter's still a little hard-headed, has been his whole life. And, and we can all relate because we all are. Aren't we? A little bit, just a little bit. We can all re- so this happens three times, and then, the, and then the sheet is taken back up into heaven, and then the story continues. It's three times this has taken place, but none of it is, who is this? He, it's all the Lord, and he knows it is. So while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. So Simon Peter is staying at the house of, of Simon, uh, who lives by the sea. And now the men have shown up, who the angel said to go and get Peter. So verse 19, while Peter was still uh, thinking about the vision, uh, the Spirit said to him, Simon, uh, three men are looking for you. So so here we see the Spirit leading again uh, in Simon's life, preparing him for these three men 
in Peter's life for these three men that are coming, for the, not the three men, yeah, there are three men, for the three men that are looking for him, uh, coming to, to get him to go to Cornelius' house because the Lord wants to do something in the house of Cornelius and, and, in the, and in the Gentile community, and he's working through Peter to begin this process. Uh, verse 20, uh, so get up and go downstairs. This is the Spirit leading. Do not hesitate uh, to go with them, uh, for I have uh, sent them. Uh, so the Spirit comes and now is leading Peter again, uh, preparing, them, preparing them for what's coming and telling him they're going to want you to go with them. Don't hesitate. Go. And so we see uh, Peter, Peter uh, uh, you know, if we get on more into the story, uh, Peter doesn't question again, uh, is this the Spirit is this me? Is this the devil? You know, what's going on here? Peter recognizes the leading of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't question this at all. He knows that the Holy Spirit is leading him. And when they come and they ask him to go, Peter goes. And he goes to uh, Cornelius' house and meets with them and stays with them and preaches to them. And they give their hearts to the Lord, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and all kinds of people are blown away by this. Even maybe Peter, the guys that accompany him, are blown away uh, by this uh, encounter. Uh, and, uh, and, and then you move into Acts chapter 11, and there's opposition that comes. Peter's rebuked for this uh, by other leaders in the church uh, because, of this, because of this whole uh, story, uh, so uh, so the leading of the Holy Spirit in Peter's life uh, probably plays out the way Peter thought it would play out. He's like, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to preach, they're going to get saved, and, and man, there's going to be a lot of people upset about it. I, I think Peter's got the wisdom to look down the road and see that this is going to upset some people, that this is going to stir up uh, some conflict, but, but he recognizes that even though it's going to upset some people, stir up some conflict, this is the leading of the Holy Spirit and so Peter goes, Peter preaches, and, uh, and lives are changed and transformed. Because when we follow the Holy Spirit's leading, it may stir up some conflict uh, among Christians at times. I don't know why it shouldn't, but, it, but it, maybe it does. But you will see that lives are changed and transformed in, in the process. So, so now we remember, we remember this story, so now let's... let's uh, Let's ask this question um, to help us get an answer. Uh, why uh, is Peter uh, so quick to recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit? Why is, his, why is his conflict with what God says and not with, is it God saying it? Uh, why does he just, there's no questioning, this is the Holy Spirit leading uh, in, in my life. And, and I think we find a really great answer uh, for this uh, in Acts uh, chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, uh, as you uh, probably remember, Peter has, Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter uh, and John have gone to the temple to pray, and, and there, there's an incredible miracle uh, that takes place, and a crowd gathers, and so because a crowd gathers, Peter preaches, and, uh, and lives are changed, and, and so the, the leaders uh, of the, the Sadducees and the, and the captain of the temple guard and the Pharisees, they come and they arrest you know, Peter and John, and then they bring them out uh, the next day uh, for questioning. And, uh, and as they're questioning, uh, Peter responds in, in Acts chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 8. Acts chapter 4, uh, verse, verse 8. Uh, and, uh, and, and we see here um, something that is said that is powerful uh, that, uh, that I think is the answer to us recognizing the leading of the, of the Spirit in our lives. Verse 8, then Peter, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, said to them, um, so, so, so we see this again, uh, here, uh, here Peter's about to speak, but he's not, he's not just speaking from Peter, uh, he's Spirit-led speaking. You know, so in Acts chapter 10, we see P Peter being Spirit-led to go to to go to Caesarea and to Cornelius' house and to preach the gospel, even though they're Gentiles. Uh, um, and, and we see him here. He's, he's being spirit-led uh, to, uh, to speak. And this is what he said, rulers and elders of the people, uh, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man uh, who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, 
Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is how this man was healed. It is by, it is by the power of Jesus, by his name, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. So he, he's reminding them of the crucifixion of Christ and that Jesus has risen from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. In verse 11, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Now, it's so interesting here because, because we see Peter... Uh, in Acts, doing what, what he's probably never done before, he's quoting the, the law and the prophets. For, for us, the Old Testament, quoting the Old Testament and seeing Jesus in the Scriptures. Seeing, seeing Christ where he's probably never saw him before. Like, like he's known Psalm 118. This is Psalm 118. Look right here, he's known this and, and probably never recognized that this was about Jesus, but until he knew Jesus and, and walked with Jesus and stayed with Jesus, and now the scriptures have, become, have come alive to him so that he sees that Psalm 118 is speaking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. You know, and then Psalm 118 goes on to say uh, that a uh, uh, that this is the Lord's work, that the Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And then it says, you know, the verse that we're all really familiar with, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So reminding us of Jesus, uh, the, the cornerstone, reminding us that the Lord has done this, that what he has done is marvelous in our eyes, and that what, that what Jesus has brought about is the day that the Lord has made, the day of salvation, where everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Peter, knowing all that, kind of flows in uh, to, and, and, and those he were talking to probably, probably knew those verses as well, flows in to, to Acts chapter 4, verse 12, which you know, hopefully we know and believe and proclaim and stand on and refuse to back up from, salvation is found in no one else. He's, he, says, he says, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's, he's, the, he's the one that the builders rejected. He's the one that made this day come about, uh, that, that we will rejoice and be glad in the day of salvation, and, and only he could do it. And so salvation is found in no one else. It's Christ and Christ alone, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This powerful declaration of salvation and freedom and life and forgiveness of sin and redemption and reconciliation found in Christ and in Christ alone, which it is this verse right here that is going to come under attack in the book of Acts more than anything else. It's the challenging of Jesus as Savior alone that is going to come under attack. And, and not only in Acts, but in all the years coming after Acts, including the ones that we are in today. Nobody really has a problem with Jesus until you say no one else. It's, it's Christ and Christ alone that really stirs up conflict. Uh, so, so Peter recognizing uh, this, uh, and, uh, and it's interesting that when Peter recognizes this, that there is salvation found in Jesus and Jesus alone, that Peter who recognizes this also has no trouble in Acts chapter 10 recognizing the leading of the Holy Spirit has no trouble recognizing that this is the Lord speaking, even though the Lord is saying to him what's troubling for him to hear. Also has no trouble in John chapter 6 when, when Jesus is saying difficult things and people are walking away and leaving, because not, not of what Jesus is doing, but because of what Jesus is saying. And Jesus turns to his apostles and disciples and says, are you going to walk away and leave too? And Peter says, no, we're not going anywhere because we recognize there's nowhere else to go. Because there's no one else. You're, you're the Holy One of God, Acts, I mean, uh, John 6 66, the number of the Antichrist, 666, is the people walking away from Christ, being deceived and led astray. 667 is Peter declaring, there's no one else. 
It's Christ and Christ alone. Here I stand. I will not, I will not, I will not be moved. I'm gonna, I don't under, he doesn't say I understand everything that you're saying. He doesn't say that it's not difficult or challenging. He just says, there's no one else. Salvation only in you. You're the Holy One of God. You alone have the words of life. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm chained to you, locked onto you, forever Jesus with you. And this same Peter, because he has this revelation of Christ, which he proclaims in Matthew 16. You remember that one? Where Jesus says, who, who are people saying that I am? And they say, some are saying you're Elijah and one of the prophets or this and that. And Jesus says, well, what about you? And Peter stands and says, you're the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, man, this is not something that has come to you by any other means but revelation from the Father. And on this rock of revelation and on this, and on this rock of a man with revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Like when we see Jesus and we recognize him for who he is, then then the, the deceptive winds of teaching don't blow us off of the rock of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not tossed and, and, and blown around and led astray by every wind of deception and by every deceptive spirit and by our own deceptive hearts. When we see Christ, we are not moved. And we recognize this same Peter. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Hallelujah. This same Peter in, in chapter 10 doesn't, isn't confused about who's speaking. It's difficult what God is saying, but he recognizes this, this is the Lord. When the Spirit comes and says, go with these Gentile sinners, he doesn't say it like that, but that's probably what Peter's thinking when he recognizes who they are. Peter doesn't question. He goes because he knows the leading of the Spirit, because he knows Jesus. It's, it's John chapter 10, right? Where Jesus says, my sheep, what do they do? They know my voice. That my sheep are not confused about who's leading. They know when I'm speaking. They know when I am leading. So, so, so now what is said next about Peter is true, recognized by others, and brings a great deal of clarity to us on how we cannot be confused about the leading of the Spirit, but clearly recognize the voice of God and the leading of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, verse 13. Acts 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, Peter didn't need, I'm not against a college degree. You know, absolutely, that's wonderful. Peter didn't need it to, to, to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, he's, he's unschooled. He just needed to be with Jesus. What, what he needed when God spoke in Acts chapter 10 was not to be some kind of extraordinary rock star. He just needed to... <laughs> I almost went off on a tangent. Maybe the Spirit stopped me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. Is that me? Or was that... No. Hey, you know, everybody's trying to be some kind of individual to shine. Maybe I'll go off on it. I guess I'm going off on it. To shine for themselves, right? And, and, and we mark ourselves and, and label ourselves and dress ourselves and praise ourselves. Isn't that what half of social media is? Like this little altar to self? It, it, but, but these guys were, were unschooled, not popular in our culture. Ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. And because they had been with Jesus, the most important thing Jesus, they knew his voice. When you walk with someone and you're with them, you learn their voice. Right? When Joy calls me on the phone, I know her voice. Like every now and then, Elizabeth will call on her phone. I don't know if they're trying to trick me or not. But I can tell. 
I can recognize because I know Elizabeth's voice and I know Joy's voice. We, when we are in relationship, when we are with, know the voice. And because Peter was with Jesus in Acts chapter 10, when God speaks, he says, Lord, I don't really like what you're saying, but Lord, I know it's you saying it. And when the Holy Spirit leads, then he quickly follows because he has been with Jesus. If we want to recognize and, and put an end to the conflict of, is this God? Is this me? Is this some other voice leading? Then this right here has got to become priority. There's nothing more important than being with Jesus. There's no greater uh, wisdom than to, than to be with Jesus, which, which sounds like foolishness to the world. But to those of us who are in Christ, it's just clear it's just evident that this is what we need. We don't, we don't need to read a whole lot of self-help books and, 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 and certainly don't need to, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to, to pull up some YouTube video uh, on how to do this. I don't have trouble with any of those things, but, well, you know, some of them, but, but we need this right here, to be with Jesus. And right here, if we are with Jesus, we'll recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit. Recognize the voice of God, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is going to lead us in accordance with the will of God. With what is good and, 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 and right and just, not only for us, but for others as well. It's, it's wise to fix our eyes on Jesus and to, and, to, and to make Him our focus and passion and our relationship. Like if the, the life-changing choice that Peter made was when Jesus said, hey Peter, come and follow me. And he got up and he followed Jesus. And he spent the rest of his days with Jesus. And because of that, changed and transformed the world. Now, uh, so, the, so the answer, the, my, my three-point answer, uh, because somebody told me once that every good preacher has three points, right? So you always get hung up on two. You got to like, you know, fast and pray to get the third one. Um, my my three-point answer is to, to, to how do we know the leading of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God and, and, and aren't deceived and led astray by our own deceptive heart and by our incredibly deceptive enemy. How do we know? Here, here it is. Okay, you ready? It's Jesus, point number one. Number two, Jesus. Point number three, Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I know that's preacher talk. Right? Well, Jesus is the answer to everything. Well, yeah, He is. This is true though, right? We're led astray because we are, we are missing Jesus for who he actually is. We're not, we're not seeing Christ clearly. And, and, and if, we, if we miss that, then we, then we can be led astray and deceived. But, but when it's Jesus, 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 and, and we are with Him, and we know Him, and we know His voice, we will recognize His leading. We will recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in, a, in, in Matthew 22, I'll give you some help with this. Matthew 22, um, Jesus is asked uh, questions about things. They're trying to trick Him and, and trying to deceive Him. And they, and they ask that question about marriage and the resurrection and about the, the, uh, the woman who married the seven brothers and at the resurrection whose husband would she be. And Jesus speaks in Matthew uh, twenty two twenty nine, 29, and he says, he says to him, he says, you're, you're mistaken or you're in error. You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. So, so we, have, we have for us this scripture that shows us why 
we get off track, why we are mistaken, why we can be in error. You ever hear any of this, any of the things that are being talked about these days, or that even Christians are believing, and you hear them talk about it? And do you hear Christians talk about some things and you wonder if they're even Christians? You know, you recognize really quickly that they're in error. And, and then they begin to argue their point, their belief, or their direction, or whatever. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with the Scriptures or the power of God, but, but they think it does. But it doesn't. Because they're, 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 they're not understanding the Scriptures, and they don't understand God. You see, when we, when we clearly begin to see and understand the Scriptures... As, as much as we can, and, and we grow in that, and we clearly begin to see and understand the power of God, then we, then we recognize God's leading, and we recognize the enemy's deception. And we're not moved by his deception, and we are moved by the voice of God. So we see this take place in Peter's life, right? We, we see that Peter is recognizing the Scriptures, and seeing them clearly and understanding them, and he is growing in the knowledge of God and in God's power. And so because of that, he is, is, is immediately aware that this is God speaking to me, that this is the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's not any confusion in his life. And, and the reason that Peter is, is you know, this, this good devout Jew all of his life, and now that Christ has arrived and that he has spent time with Jesus, now he recognizes the Scripture, and now he recognizes the power of God. Because the key to, the key to understanding Scripture and for it to come alive to you is, let me give you my three points again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and the key to knowing the power of God and growing in the knowledge of God is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's what he says in John chapter 1. He says, he says, no one has seen the Father except the Son, and that it is through the Son that we know the Father and see the Father, and that the Father is revealed. It is through Jesus that the Scriptures come alive. It is through Jesus that the knowledge of God comes. If we reject Jesus, we will not know His Word. You can spend your whole life in it. And you hear people who know the Scriptures but have rejected Jesus and they are getting them terribly wrong. Because they don't truly understand or see the truth because they don't truly recognize or see Jesus. Let me go over to 1 Corinthians and, uh, and we'll see this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, starting at verse 18, I'm going to try to read through some of this quick. It's so hard to read through 1 Corinthians quick. Um, but, but, but see if you can, if you can recognize uh, here the, the wisdom and the power of God and that, and that these come from Jesus, that we don't get this without Christ. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. We, we see that. We, we proclaim the cross and, 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 and it's foolishness to, to the world. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so we recognize the cross and the tomb and the resurrection. And in that we see the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And the intelligent of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Right? They're, they're all around us. And, and now because of uh, the internet, everybody's got a voice uh, to, uh, to proclaim their, their wisdom and to teach their teachings and to share uh, their philosophies. Uh, and, and, and sadly so, because they do have an impact and an influence. Uh, has, not God made the full, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? So the, so the wisdom of the world, uh, to those of us who are in Christ and recognize Jesus, is foolishness. That's why when we hear the, 
the supposedly wise of the world proclaiming their wisdom, we're scratching our heads and we're like, what? That is the craziest, foolish thing I have ever heard in my life. I mean, how can you not see that that's clearly wrong? But, but, but they don't because they've missed Jesus. Verse 21, for since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews because, because, because a stumbling block to the Jews because, uh, because the proclaiming that there is salvation found in Jesus apart from the law or apart from works. A stumbling block to the Jews and, and just foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, here you see it, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That, that it is in Christ Jesus that we see and begin to recognize and understand the power of God and the wisdom of God, the Word of God, the thoughts of God, the ways of God, the, the purposes of God, the plan of God, the Holy Scriptures, the wisdom of God. It is in Christ that we understand the Scriptures, that we know the Holy Scriptures and that we know the wisdom of God. That's why... That's why we need to, it's, it's, in, it's, it's, it's a revelation of Christ that makes the Scriptures come alive. And when we read the Holy Scriptures through the revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then, then we gain wisdom and knowledge of God. But if, but if we're studying the Scriptures without a revelation of Christ, uh, then, then we will find uh, uh, confusion and you come across people that don't understand or, or don't see. But all of a sudden when Jesus, when they see Jesus, then the Scriptures truly come alive. So when you're reading the Scriptures, read the Scriptures through the revelation of Jesus Christ because it is in Christ that we find and understand and know God and His power and His wisdom. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It is through our Lord and Savior uh, Jesus Christ, it's Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, that, uh, that the error and the mistakes uh, go away because it is in Christ that we uh, see the Father and have uh, the wisdom of God. So, so I'm going to drop down into, uh, into 1 Corinthians 2 and, uh, and just allow me to read uh, down through 1 Corinthians uh, 2 because here, here Paul is going to proclaim to us this focus on Christ and, and Him crucified. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and 1 Corinthians 2 can be a little bit like confusing, but if we keep our focus on Christ, it makes sense and we understand it. And, and it ends by saying something that, uh, that I think we need to hear. Verse 1, and so it was, I'm going to try to read this fast again. With me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with, with eloquence or human wisdom uh, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. While my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That he, he says, I'm, I'm coming, and, 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 and Paul could have wowed with wisdom and eloquence, but he says, I'm, I'm coming preaching Jesus, because that's where your faith must be. And if it's on Jesus, then, then everything else is going to become clear. It, it's when we see Christ that then we see 
Verse 6, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. We're not speaking the wisdom of the world. All that's coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, which is found in Christ and in Christ alone, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of the age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because they would have recognized Him for who He is because it's only when we recognize Jesus that we can understand it. However, as it is written, uh, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, these things God has prepared for those who love Him. The, the will of God for our lives prepared for us, which no one has seen. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Now, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That, that in Christ Jesus, we begin to recognize the will of God for our lives and we recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then it says to us that the, the Spirit is searching all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. See, even, even Peter, in all of his anointing, in Acts chapter 10, is, is not totally understanding everything that God is up to and all that God is doing, but he does recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit and does recognize uh, the voice of God and allows the Holy Spirit to lead, and then the, and then the Lord leads in his will and lives are changed and transformed. Now, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, praise the Lord, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given. So that we can understand, that we can recognize what God has given, what God is doing, how God is leading. This is the Spirit that we have received that gives us the ability to see the gift of God, recognize what He's given, and, and, and show us how He is leading. This is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words uh, taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual uh, realities or, or truths uh, with, with spiritual words, with Spirit-taught uh, uh, words, so that, we are, uh, so that we are understanding and speaking and proclaiming what God is doing and, and His uh, wisdom and His truth. Now, this is a, a pretty interesting statement here. The person uh, without the Spirit does not accept the things that come uh, from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them uh, because they are, uh, they are discerned only through the Spirit. I'm struggling a little bit because uh, I've, I've kind of memorized this in the old NIV, and then it changes it to the new NIV, and so I throw words in there that aren't. And I'm a little bit dyslexic too. So, uh, so, the, so the person who doesn't recognize Christ and without the Spirit uh, doesn't accept or understand the things of the Spirit, but the person who does see Jesus and has the Spirit does. Verse 15, the person without the Spirit, listen to this, makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, or, or I'm not sure, I need to search this out more, I, I think merely is probably okay, but, but really, uh, when, you, when you look, it, it's, it's, from what I can see, it, it should be, it should be, a person is not subject to, to any human's judgments, or, or, or any person's judgments, that, that the person who's being uh, led uh, by the Spirit is making judgments, and they are not under man's judgments. You, you, know, you know, so Peter being led by the Holy Spirit 
goes and preaches to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles receive the Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 11, which we don't have time to get into it, he is judged by man, but he is not under man's judgments. And it's interesting, if, you know, I encourage you to read Acts 10. In Peter's message, as he's preaching to Cornelius and his family, Peter's message, he, he reminds them that, that all will be judged by God. That we're not going to be, that we're not going to, that the ultimate judgment is not, is not going to be men. That who we're truly going to be judged by that, re- that really matters is God. And so it's the, it's the leading of the Holy Spirit that we follow and we, make, and, and we make judgments on all things based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we don't need to justify wrong things and, and blame it on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the person being led by the Spirit doesn't do that. We are not, we are not under anyone's uh, judgment uh, because we are being led by the Spirit. Who has, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? It's like a great question, isn't it? Who's known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. So the person being led by the Spirit, who is able to make judgments about all things, uh, is able to do that because of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because they have the mind of Christ. Because they are in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord and Savior. Because He is their focus and their passion and their life because their eyes are fixed on Christ and on Christ alone, they are then able to recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit, able to recognize the voice of God, able to clearly see and understand uh, the Scriptures, able to, able to grow in the knowledge of God, to, to understand His ways and His thoughts, because they see Jesus for who He truly is. And seeing Christ for who He truly is, their life is about following Him and being with Him. And when we are with Him, we learn His voice and recognize His speaking, and recognize His leading. I think Peter's able to, able to say, Lord, I don't know all that you're saying. It's difficult, but I know that it's you saying it. Because he had been with Jesus. Because he knew that he was crucified and buried. That he rose again. That he is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Our only hope, our only Savior, our only Lord. The only one worthy of our passion and our lives. The only one that we should listen to when he says, come on, follow me. And we get up and we follow after Jesus. And if we will do this, and, 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 and see Him and fix our eyes on Him and stay with Him, then I think the, the problem will go away of who's speaking, whose voice is this. We'll know. We'll know this is Jesus leading. This is Jesus speaking. So let's make Him first and fix our eyes on Him and make sure that, that, he is, that He is our passion and our devotion and that He gets our time. And we'll grow to learn His voice and we'll come to the point where, where we'll know, clearly know, this is the Lord speaking. There won't be any confusion. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word, the holy scriptures. Lord, we pray that that, we would, that you would help us to see you, Lord Jesus, for who you truly are, so that, we can, so that we can see the wisdom of God and the ways of God and the will of God in your scriptures. And Lord Jesus, we, we pray that you'd help us to, to see you and know you and for who you truly are so that, so that we can grow in the wisdom and in the knowledge and in the understanding of God because we know that we know that if we that if we truly see the the truth in scripture and we truly see you Lord for who you are that that we will not be in error and will not be deceived and will not be led astray help us Lord Jesus to 
recognize you for who you are, not, not who men say that you are, but who you truly are, the only begotten Son of God, the only name that saves, the only way, the only truth, the only life, the only holy, worthy Lamb of God, the mighty warrior, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Help us to see you, Jesus. Help us to, to from our hearts, receive revelation and proclaim like Peter did because, because you have shown us that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Lord, we know that, that many will be led astray because they don't, because they don't see you for who you are. Lord, help, help us to recognize you as the, as the only Holy One of God who alone has the words of life. Help us to know that, that you are the living water, the only, the only water that satisfies, that you are the bread of life, and, and, and it's only in, in, in partaking of you and living for you that we'll be filled Help us to see that you are abundant life, Lord, and that it's only in you, Jesus, that we find and have abundant life. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Let us see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let us stand on you and, and live for you and, and walk with you and spend time with you so that we'll know you. Lord, because when we know when we know you, then then everything clears up and we clearly see and we know when you speak and when you move and when you lead and we'll be able to, to follow your leading. Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us, if anything be recognized about us, let it be this, that we have been with you. Let others look into our lives and, and say, you know, pretty ordinary, doesn't really know a lot, can't even hardly read, but he's been with Jesus. Let them see you in us. And let us see you so that we can be led by you every day of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.